how many of you have your Bible with you? Hold your Bible up in the air if you've got it. Don't sit down yet. We're about to read a verse. Wave your Bible. All right. You ought to have your sword with you every time you come to church. So we're looking for Bibles. Hold them up one more time. Wave them. Say, I got my sword. Praise God. All right. Let's uh, look at James chapter 1. And I'm going to put it right up here on the screen for you. And while we're getting ready to look at this, I want to just let you know that beginning the first Sunday of October, I'm going to begin a series I'm calling America at the Crossroads. First Sunday, I'm going to talk about roots. I'm going to call it roots. Where did America come from? Does it really have Christian roots? How did it begin? What is the seedbed from which this nation grew? Second week, I'm going to talk about tolerance or tyranny. Tolerance or tyranny. I'm going to be dealing with where I feel America has gone and is going and the crossroads that we are at. I've never felt more strongly that our country was at a crossroads that is extremely crucial, extremely meaningful, extremely important. And if the people of God don't understand it, who will? So that's starting the first Sunday of October. But now I want to talk to you about patience, not because I think you need it. But let's look at this now. It's one of my favorite verses, James 1, 3, and 4. It says, Consider it a sheer gift, friends, when tests and challenges come at you from all sides. How many of you consider that a cheerful day? Do you consider it a cheerful day when this happens? I mean, was James crazy or did he have a word from God? All right. Why should we be excited about it? He says, because you know these prove your faith. It helps you not to give up. Learn well how to wait so you will be strong and complete and in need of nothing. That's good stuff there. Learn well how to wait. Father, we just thank you for your word today, and we pray you will bless our hearts with it because, Lord, I know that there are things that we are going to have to wait for, things we're going to have to be patient for. And so I pray, Lord, that you will encourage us today by the Spirit of God to be patient. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, be patient, be patient, be patient. All right. And at the end of the service, I'm going to talk to you about a new class that is beginning uh, next week. And so, Matt, if you'll remind me of that, then we're, we're going to do that. Now, James 1. Now, I don't know about you, but I do wish that patience was uh, sown instead of grown. Because then I could just say to God, God, give me the gift of patience. But it doesn't come that way. Patience, notice, comes through trials. Well, well that's not a good deal to me i got to have a trial to have what I want. But trials produce patience. Now, these passages are telling us that patience grows. It's not sown, it's grown. And it grows in the soil of trials. And without it, we will not be complete. Our character won't be complete. There's going to be something lacking if patience is not grown in us. If we don't learn to wait. If we don't learn to trust God and wait on God. Something in our character is not going to be complete. 
And I want to tell you today, church, that there are some things that God wants you to have you're never going to have unless you learn how to be patient. And so like it or not, we're going to have to go through some trials to develop patience. And I'm going to talk to you about that more in just a minute. But patience, let me tell you what Bible patience means. Bible patience means cheerful endurance. Not just endurance, but cheerful endurance. That's what Bible patience means. It means the ability to tolerate, to bear up under, to put up with, and to not lose courage under pressure. So let's just encapsulate that. Say this, patience is joy in trials. It's joy in trials. Now, I don't know about you, but I can endure a trial, but, but, but I'm going to have to work on being cheerful in a trial. I can endure a trial, I can grip my teeth through a trial, but that's not what James told us to do. James said, I want you to count it all joy. I want you to work up some joy when you're in a trial because you know what the trial is going to produce. It's going to produce patience. And without patience, you're never going to be complete or whole in your character. Let me, get, let me ask you a question. Are you able to tolerate cheerfully that individual whose presence grates on you like fingernails on a chalkboard? Don't look at your spouse. Look up at me. I'm kidding. Are you able to do that? Or do you regularly lose your religion around that person? Are you patient in rush hour traffic? Now, I'm pointing to myself here. Are you patient in rush hour traffic? When you're already barely moving and that Neanderthal in a subcompact squeezes in front of you and then waves at you as if you let him do it. You ever have somebody just run right in front of you and almost wreck you and then thank you? And you didn't let him in there. You say, oh, Lord, help me. I yield to you for patience. Let me ask you another question. Are you able to relax and give God time to work out his plans for you? Or do you tend to push ahead and rush ahead and take matters into your own hands because you have real trouble waiting on God to move? Bible patience allows you and me to bear up under a load with joy. That's Bible patience. Now worldly patience is you're gritting your teeth, you're pacing, you're angry, there's steam coming out your ears. You hate having to wait. But Bible patience says, not only am I going to give you the grace to endure it, but I'm going to give you the grace to experience joy in the middle of your trial. Joy. Everybody say joy with me. Joy is not happiness. Happiness is dependent on a happening that happens to make you happy. But joy transcends happiness. Bible joy says, no matter what's happening around me, I can experience joy in the presence of that, and that is due to the power of the Holy Ghost working in your heart. That's why I talk to people who have cancer, and they say, I have great peace, and I have joy. I talk to people who are in the middle of financial trials, and they say, you know what? It's inexplicable, but I've got peace, and I've got joy in the middle of this trial. Listen, when you came to Jesus Christ, you did not come to a religion. You came to a relationship with a conqueror. And that conqueror came to live in you. And he is able to give you joy 
in the presence of your trial. Bible patience means I'm not just waiting, tapping my foot, wondering where God is, but I'm saying, Lord, I'm waiting, and Bible patience allows me to have joy while I wait. Joy while I wait. Joy while I wait on God. Bible patience is not a wimp word. It doesn't mean you sit by passively and let life beat you down. That's not what it means. Bible patience is full of hope. It is full of hope. You're able to have joy because you know God is in charge. You're able to have joy because you know it's going to work together for your good. You're able to have joy because you know He is working His plan out in your life while you wait and while the trials surround you. Bible patience is a mighty force in your life. Hallelujah. It is is a weapon against adversity and against your adversary. When you have patience and you're willing and able to wait on God and wait on Him with joy, there are avenues through which the enemy can't get to you because you are walking in patience with joy trusting God. See, the devil is able to get at you when you can't wait. There's more hope for a bird without wings than a Christian without patience. I said, church, you've got to have patience. We're going to have to learn to wait on God because God's timing is not my timing. Matter of fact, I've almost never had God move in my timing. When I got, when I felt like I it didn't matter to me anymore. And I'd given it to God and waited and waited. And finally, I didn't even, it didn't even matter anymore. I was just content in God. Finally, God moved. He said, my time is not your time. My ways are not your ways. My thoughts are not your thoughts. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways. And my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. And my timing is my timing. There is a time in God's heaven for every purpose in your life. Every purpose God's got for you has a timer attached to it. And it's not going to happen until God's time comes. And so we must learn to be patient. If you are patient, you will persevere. And if you want to persevere, you're going to have to be patient. You want to tell you, this is something I've noticed in all the years I've been in the ministry. You'll be far more successful with minimal ability and great patience than the person with great ability and no patience. It's the tortoise and the hare. Remember that story, the tortoise and the hare? That rabbit just knew he could outrun that tortoise. And he was so overconfident that he stopped on the side of the road and slept while the tortoise just kept on going. Say with me, patience is the pace of the race. Patience is the pace of the race we're in. We're going to have to walk by patience. And so here comes that tortoise, just walking along, steadily going, never stopping, patiently moving towards the goal. And the one who was patient and never quit, the plotter, not the one with the great gift in running, it was the plotter that broke the finish tape and beat the rabbit. And that'll be you. What are you having to wait for God to do? Be patient. Your God hadn't forgotten you. He hadn't gone off to fling other stars into space. He hasn't turned His back on you. He has not forgotten your prayer. 
He has not, listen, delay is not necessarily denial. Amen. The Bible talks about the kingdom and the patience of our Lord Jesus Christ. The kingdom and the patience of our Lord Jesus Christ. Have you ever looked at this world and wondered, how in the world does God not come and wrap this mess up? I'm going to tell you why. It says he's long-suffering, not willing that any would perish, but that all would come to eternal life. Why does God not come and wrap this up? Why doesn't he come and end it all? Because he's patient. He's knocking on the door, on the hearts of people. He's patiently waiting. One day, that last one will repent. That last one will turn. That last one will be saved. And God will say, that's it. Son, go get your bride. I'm wrapping it up. But until then, until then, we are in the kingdom and the patience of our Lord Jesus Christ. Of the seven churches recognized in Revelations, three were commended for their patience. The Bible says in Luke 8.15, we bring forth fruit with patience. I'm going to talk about that in a minute. In Luke 21.19, it says, in your patience, you possess your soul. In being patient, you are literally sparing your soul from troubles. The Bible says in Romans 5, 3, tribulation produces patience, and patience, character, and character produces hope. Listen to the power of the Word of God and its emphasis on patience, joyfully waiting on God. Colossians 1 says, patience is necessary if we're going to walk worthy of the Lord. So when you're impatient, it affects your ability to walk worthy of the Lord. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to make decisions that are hasty. And they're going to mess up your ability to walk worthy of the Lord. So in your patience, uh, you possess your soul. By patience, you walk worthy of the Lord. You please Him. And the Bible says by patience, you, you will increase in the knowledge of God. Hebrews says that patience is necessary to inherit the promises. And I'm going to talk about that in a minute. Second Peter says, you are to add to your faith, patience. How many of you have faith today? You believe that God is there. How many of you believe that Jesus died for your sins? How many of you believe he's coming back? All right, you know what you've got? You've got faith. But the Bible says, take that faith and add to it, patience. Add to that faith, patience. Patience is more than not losing your cool in a pressure situation. It's more than that. It's directly linked, hear me on this one, it's directly linked to your ability to trust God to take care of you. When you become impatient and take matters into your own hands, you are making a statement, and I've made this statement many times myself. You are saying, God, I can't trust you. I can't trust you to take care of me. I'm going to have to take care of me. I'm going to have to take matters into my own hands. And you make hasty decisions. Take Abraham, for instance. God had told him, you're going to have a son. You're going to have descendants. And through your descendants, all the families of the earth are going to be blessed. And yet, days turned to weeks, weeks turned to months, and months to years as Abraham waited. 
to have this child, and it seemed like the child was never going to come. Finally, him and Sarah decided impatiently that God somehow, some way, needed their help. So he went and he had relations with Sarah's handmaid, Hagar. Now watch this. Because of that lack of patience and taking matters into his own hands, the Bible says that Ishmael was the result. And because of Ishmael, our world is rocked today by war and conflict that springs from that one decision of impatience. God came through, but He came through when He was 100 and she was 90 so that no flesh could get the glory. Guarantee you have a child when the man's 100 and the woman's 90. No flesh can get glory for that. That is supernatural. And you know what, everybody? When we're not patient, Ishmael's are always the result. Ishmael's in our life are always the result of not being patient. Troubles heartaches, problems, regrets, always the result of not being patient, not waiting on God, taking matters into your own hands. And you know what I'm talking about. Some of you have got an Ishmael that's with you for life. And I want to say to the young people, wait for a godly husband, wait for a godly wife, don't marry somebody out of the faith, marry somebody that God gives you, that God can amen. Don't say, well, you know, here I am. I'm 30 and I'm not married yet. I'm 35 and I'm not married yet. I better do something. I better go find anybody who will have me. Watch out for an Ishmael. Your God is in charge. (laughs) Some of you are looking at me just like that. I know why. Patience will drop victories into your lap when all around you, the stronger and the mightier, are fainting. Being able to wait on God is such a key, such a skill, such it's so worthy of learning. Many times it's not who or what you can outfight, it's who or what you can outlast. Wait on God. Now I'm going to tell you today, Three areas where patience is developed. And I want you to listen to this because right now I know this. The master sculptor of your character is working on your life right now. He's using many different things. He's using finances. He's using relationships. He's using desires and wishes and wants that are in your heart. And he's using these things to teach you to wait on God. He's doing his best. He's working daily to teach you patience. Because if you have patience, you are complete in your character. You know what you are? You're grown up. What do babies do? I want what I want, and I want it now. Wah, 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 wah. When you're a parent, you live for one thing, and it's to meet the demands of that little baby. His world is him. But when you learn patience, you can wait on God, and you don't say, I want what I want when I want it. I've got joy in you, Lord, in the midst of the fire, in the midst of the valley, in the midst of these trials. I've got joy. Now, we've already mentioned it, but here's the first place where patience is developed in your life and is being developed right now. Under trials. 
Count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing the testing of your faith produces, it produces, it produces. If you're out there in the world and you're having trials, it may or may not be producing anything. But when the Holy Spirit is living in your heart and God is working on you every day to form and fashion you into the character of Jesus, every day, that's His goal, His purpose, His intent, His highest will, that you'll be like Jesus, look like Him, talk like Him, walk like Him, think like Him. I thought I was going to get to practice when I'm preaching in front of you right now. <laughs> Patience. Kind of freaked me out a little bit. I said, like, that storm, get over. Is that Ike? Those of you listening by radio have no idea what I'm talking about. We just lost our lights, and they came right back on, and Eric did it. All right. God is out to build Jesus in you, and one of the big ways it's done is you learning patience. Patience. Now, notice he says trials and testings are how the patience comes. That's how it's developed. When trials and testings are happening to your life, God's hand is there chiseling away. He's got a hammer in one hand, chisel in the other. He's chiseling away on your character when you're experiencing trials and testings. And what's he after? I want you to learn to trust me. I want you to learn to wait on me. I don't want you to doubt me. I want you to know that I'm in charge. I want you to know that I'm providential and sovereign. I want you to know that I haven't forgotten you. I want you to be so confident of that that none of these things move you. Trials. When a smith is going to purify gold, he will slide the gold into an oven. And he will turn up the heat where the heat is ferocious. That gold will melt and become liquid. And if it's got impurities in it, it will come to the top in the form of black dross. And he'll take a little scooper and he'll sift that dross off the top. Then he'll pull the gold out and it will solidify again. And what you've got there is purified gold. You thought it was pure until the heat hit it. And when the heat hit it, you found out it was not as pure as you thought. And up comes the dross, and up comes the impurities, and the smith scoops them off and then pulls out. And now it's purified. When trials and tribulations, the heat of difficulty, the heat of testing comes on the gold of your faith, the impurities come to the top. And you realize, wow, I didn't wait like I could have waited. Wow, I had some moments there where I doubted God. Gosh, I really didn't do as well as I thought I would have done in that. That's okay. No condemnation. Let the smith take it off the top and purify your faith, and you move on down the road. Tim, the young people, they're talking. Thank you. Everybody say amen. amen. So this is how God purifies the gold. 
and your faith is gold. Listen to what Job said. He knows the way that I take, that when he has tried me, everybody say try me, I will come forth like gold. Everybody say my faith is gold. Amen. Now the second area where patience is developed is in obtaining promises. How many of you are believing God for something in your life? The rest of you, you're not? How many of you believe in God for something in your life? You've got a promise you're trying to latch on to, a promise you want to come from there to here. All right, this is one of the ways that God uses patience. Listen to what the Bible says. We are to imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. See, I can have faith, but if I don't have patience here next to me, guess what? My faith can bring it down, but patience keeps me hanging around long enough to receive what my faith brings down. So I need faith in one hand and I need patience in the other. And so patience works with faith. If I believe in God to take care of my financial needs or I'm believing God to open a door for me or I'm believing God for some promise that is meaningful and precious and valuable to my heart and I'm saying, God, my faith believes you can do this. Patience works with it and says, Let's wait, on, <clears throat> let's wait on God and believe God to bring it. Let me give you an example. Elijah. Three and a half years, there was no rain in Israel. Not even dew on the ground. Can you imagine that? Not even moisture on the ground. Huge cracks were in the ground. The cattle had died. Everything green had died. And here is Elijah. After God is done rebuking Israel, Elijah goes to a mountaintop. And Elijah begins to pray. And as he prays, there's not a cloud in the sky. I was so glad this morning, so thankful when I walked outside and the sky was blue. I was so glad the weather people were wrong. They showed us under a deluge. I'm so glad they were wrong. Some of you probably prayed it away. But watch this. He walked out and there wasn't a cloud in the sky. When he started praying, there was nothing. And there hadn't been anything for three and a half years. And he began to pray. He sent his servant, go tell me what you see over the sea, S-E-A. Go tell me what you see over the ocean. He went and came back and said, Master, there's nothing. He said, that's all right. He kept on praying. Now, he had faith that after three and a half years, it was going to rain. But his patience kept him praying. Second time, third time, fourth, fifth, sixth, this guy goes and checks, and there's nothing, nothing, nothing nothing. And that's the way some of you feel in your own life right now. I've prayed and there's nothing. Do you know that sometimes nothing is the greatest indicator that something is happening? That's right. Sometimes nothing ought to get you excited because God appears from nowhere and answers with something. And finally, the seventh time, the servant came back and said, well, you know, boss, I got one little teeny good report. There's a cloud the size of a man's hand. And he said, you better tell Ahab, get his chariot out of that field because it's about to be a deluge. It is about to be a downpour. And sure enough, it began to rain, rain, rain. But watch this now. The whole time he was praying and there was nothing. Faith believed it was coming but patience kept him there. Patience kept him there. 
So he got to see the answer. What are you waiting on God for? What is your faith believing God for? Patience will work with you, and patience will help you to receive it. Now, the third area where patience is developed is in bearing spiritual fruit. Jesus said the seed of the word that fell on good ground are like those who hear the word, hold it fast in an honest and good heart, and bring forth fruit with patience. Amen. Have you ever been discouraged over the spiritual fruit or the lack of it in your life? Have you? I can remember many, many times in my life when I was discouraged over the lack of fruit. And I wished that I was more patient, wished I had more love, wished I had more of the love, joy, peace, and long-suffering and gentleness and meekness and kindness and faith. And there were times it was very discouraging. Anybody ever felt that way? Like, wow, Lord, how long is it going to take me to grow? How long is it going to take me to see some fruit on the spiritual tree? How long is it going to take? But you know what I found? I found that continuing with Jesus, staying in that Word, staying in prayer, staying in fellowship, staying in church, doing what I knew to do, brought forth finally the fruit of the Lord in my life. And sometimes, folks, you just have to be patient. When you're discouraged about your growth, be patient. When you're discouraged about your walk with the Lord, be patient. And do what you know to do. Stay in the Word. Stay in prayer. Stay in fellowship. And the tree in your life will begin to produce fruit because it comes from the Holy Ghost, not from your effort. It grows from the Spirit of God. And so you've got to have patience in bearing fruit. You've got to have patience in trials. You've got to have patience in obtaining promises. You know, this building, I knew it was going to take patience. How do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. The baptistry is a bite. The floor is a bite. These chairs were a bite. Back there in the kids' rooms, it was a bite. And you know what? The day is going to come, you drive up, and there's going to be a six-lane portico share stretched out across there. You're going to drive up, and there's going to be parking lot all the way around. You're going to drive up, and you're going to see differences almost every time you come. But it's not going to happen overnight. It's going to take patience. Patience takes it from there and brings it to here, working with faith. Can we stand together today? How many of you remember that kid's song? Be patient. Be patient. I could sing it. How many of you know it and can sing it with me? Be patient. Be patient. Don't be in such a hurry. If you get impatient you only start to worry y'all are doing good and then what's it say remember remember that god is patient too and think of all the times when what kathy <laughs> when god has had to wait for you when others have to wait for you
So be patient today. God's in charge. God's moving in your life. God's helping you. Let's pray together. Father, we just thank you for the patience of the Lord. We thank you, Lord, for your blessing. We thank you for your goodness. And Lord, I want to pray for everybody who's having to wait on God. That, Lord, you will give them the ability to wrap themselves around you by faith and wait, and not just wait, but wait with joy. We believe you to do it, Lord. We believe you to do it. Now, I want you to take a minute and say, Lord, help me to be patient. I give to you what I'm waiting for, the promise I'm waiting for, the trial I'm going through, the fruit that I wish was more developed in my life. And I'm going to be patient. I'm going to be patient. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord.